I think Yelly's back, Rowdy. Oh, what a game. Milwaukee Brewers, everything you wanted and more in that extra innings game. Uh, And in three hours and about six minutes as the Brewers in crazy fashion down the uh, stretch here beat the Mariners 6-5. to Christian Yelich pops it off with a home run. The leadoff dinger sounded a little uh, In innings pitched. And Yelich hits it in the air to left. Back Kelnick at the warning track at the wall. It's Yelich with the leadoff homer. His second of the road trip, and it's one nothing Brewers. Yeah, Yelly, three hits, two RBIs. That included the home run right there. Brewers get it done. Willie Adamas crushing as well. And they just find ways to win. Rowdy, good morning. How are we feeling? Yeah, Brewers win another one. And obviously with that win against the Seattle Mariners last night, uh, they locked up a winning road trip. Now 6-3 and three on that 10-day West Coast road trip. Going for the sweep today, Nels. Could be 7-3. and three. And, and I know just a, a big thing out there for our Milwaukee Brewer viewers. You made it through the 10-day West Coast trip. Don't have another late night game until early May. <sighs> You'll love to hear it, Rowdy. you love it. Uh, did you stay up by chance? I did. I watched it all. <laughs> Dude, those extra innings were were quite nutty for uh, both teams. It was a hell of, That was a really entertaining, fun game. And yet again, there is some good news and some bad news with the Milwaukee Brewers on the injury front. Yeah. So Corbin Burns gets good news saying, hey, it's almost more like my sternum. I'm only a little bit sore. I'm going to throw tomorrow, a.k.a. today, and see if I can make my next start. So that's promising. Sounds like his is even lesser than what they originally thought, and that was already a low uh, issue with him maybe missing a start. So that sounds good. But then last night, the an news. injury rears its ugly head again in extra innings as Garrett Mitchell went sliding into third base, hurt his shoulder. Who knows exactly what he did? I tried to stay up even later after the game to see if any of the beat writers had anything, but at like midnight, there was still no report. Yeah. So I, I called it a night, but yeah, shoulder injury for Garrett Mitchell. He did go back into the game after, after hurting his shoulder, sliding into third base and in extras, when Colton Wong was tagging up from third to score, he did make a throw home pretty darn good throw, yeah, it was. but he came up lame shoulder hurting. They took him out. We're going to have to see what happens to Garrett so Mitchell. They said he will be evaluated after flying home with the team on Wednesday. Um, is according to the trainer's room notes right here. Mitchell pulled in the 10th right shoulder injury initially sustained when he was ready, said, slid head first in third base. He'll be evaluated after flying home with the team today. Uh, Milwaukee transferred Luis Urias to the 60-day IL as well. So, uh, yeah, the good news and the bad news. Good that Hey, that's good for uh, our guy Corbin Burns. And then what, is it Eric Lauer today? Eric Lauer on the bump? Eric Lauer is on the bump opposite of Marco Gonzalez. Two lefties on the mound for the Mariners and the Brewers. Hell yeah. Uh, what a game. Uh, Colin Ray rowdy. Colin Ray gave up four runs over five innings for the Brewers. Um, what's the verdict? Is this kind of like the Jason Alexander track? Because the Brewers offense showed up for him. I mean, it was good enough, right? They got a win. Yep, like Jason Alexander last year. And then... Um, after that, the Brewers, I mean, were pretty much money. Uh, besides, there was some drama with Bryce Wilson at the end of the game. 
Did he walk? Did he walk the bases loaded? Were the bases loaded? Uh, I believe it was a hit, but also Bryce Wilson continues to pitch well. Yeah. I know. I know he did uh, load the bases. I know he did put some base runners on, but. Hey. Bryce Wilson pitched around it, and overall for the entirety of the season, he's pitched really, really well, and he logged multiple innings for him in extra innings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only um, the only earned runs were from Colin Ray, and then obviously at the end there you had the one with Bryce Wilson on the mound. But my God, the game exciting, the Brewers exciting, and the one with Bryce Wilson's not an earned run because yes. that's the guy starting, starting on second, second base. Uh huh. Um. God, th- those extras were wild. Um, good scene. And then today, three. That was a game today. Two forty, I think, or is it three? No, it's three. Yeah, three ten. Three ten. Three ten. Brewers going for the sweep of the Mariners. And there's good news. Our Milwaukee Brewers getting it done. The bad news uh, for our Milwaukee teams. Giannis Adendakumbo did not practice yesterday. Uh, he is now listed as doubtful for Game Two tonight against the Miami Heat. As he continues to deal with that lower back injury, Budenholzer said the team is feeling optimistic about the two-time MVP and his ability to play in Game 2. Hell, we've seen Giannis come back. Uh, you know, when he was injured big time, he was listed as doubtful. Then all of a sudden you see him on the practice court warming up, uh, on the court warming up for the game, excuse me, and then he's playing and putting down crazy, crazy points. So Budenholzer saying yesterday they have 24 hours plus before game time. Uh, he'll get the treatment. Excuse me, see how he feels. Uh, there's been a lot of progress, and hopefully there's more today. So Giannis Dendekumbo with that contusion on his lower back. Rowdy, if the Bucks were to have no Giannis Dendekumbo, how would we liken our chances uh, for uh, the Heatles tonight, game number two at the Pfizer Forum? Well, the Milwaukee Bucks opened up with the point spread as favorites for tonight. Now it is at the Pfizer forum once again. So the bucks are the home team, Mm -hmm. but that game opened at bucks by nine as of yesterday. And you would have to imagine that Giannis was already up in the air with, is he going to play? Is he not going to play with the news from yesterday? That line is now dropped to bucks minus six. Oh, so, so I believe that Vegas is out there kind of factoring in that Giannis maybe doesn't play in this one, probably doesn't play because the line has moved again, three or three and a half points in the heat favor. And the only real news that we have gotten is that Giannis didn't practice. Yes, about it. And then Budenholzer saying like they're optimistic. You had Jay Crowder making some comments, Bobby Portis making some comments. I have the audio. We can play that coming up. Uh, But let's see your booty saying it'll be every day's, It'll be everyday things that tell him what he can do on the court, move a little bit, shoot a little bit, do some defensive things. And if it tells him so, he'll get ready for a basketball game. So we'll just see how uh, Wednesday goes. I don't know. Um, the Bucks can win without Giannis. The, they've done it uh, not as much as like Giannis winning without Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. But the Bucks can win without Giannis. They are the one seed. They are a deep team. And uh, the Miami Heat, you know, they're an eight seed. They're playing for a reason. But uh, the Heat always seem to be a little thorn in the a pesky thorn in the side of the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, they match up well. But another thing, there is a guy that is also going to be out, Tyler Hero, with a broken hand. And obviously, that's another huge blow for the Miami Heat because, again, he's not their best player like Giannis in the Bucks, but he is a guy that can light it up scoring the basketball. Yeah, Hero uh, underwent surgery was it yesterday or Monday? Yesterday, I think. So he's he's done. Uh, no, no Tyler Hero. And now looking around the uh, NBA for the first time since March 15th, uh, the Bucks not favored to win the NBA championship as the Celtics 
have now moved up to plus, and this is, I saw an NBA on ESPN, the Celtics are now plus 270 to win it all. So the first time, Rowdy, since March 15th, Bud Bucks are not favored. And listen, I mean, when you lose Giannis Dendekumbo, the two-time MVP, uh, one of the best players in the world, I, I'm pretty sure your odds are going to fall a little bit. Am I wrong in thinking that? Well, it's also the fact that he's hurt and you're already in a one one nothing hole. Yes. At, where the Celtics are up two games to nothing in the first round and looks like they have it on cruise control. Yeah, Celtics, they're uh, pretty damn good. And for the NBA playoffs, uh, let's see here. Uh, did you watch, uh, besides the Brewers rowdy last night, did you watch any of the uh, the NBA playoffs? Did you watch the Suns take down the Clippers? or I, I actually did not. It was one of those where I was... I had it on for maybe I'd, I'd give myself five minutes. Some little, little five minute background noise. Cavaliers take down the Knicks, one hundred seven to ninety. Uh, that series tied at one apiece. Clippers Suns tied at one apiece with the Suns. Dever, Devin Booker having a big performance last night, and then the uh, Celtics, as Rowdy's talking about cruise control, they beat the brakes off the Hawks, one nineteen to one hundred six, up uh, two to nothing uh, in that. And then tonight you got another full slate of it: Lakers Grizzlies. Certain things at six thirty. Heat Bucks eight o'clock and then at nine o'clock T Wolves and Nuggets those series uh, all one zero going to the Grizz the Heat and the Nuggets so yeah there's a little NBA uh, wrap up for you for the playoffs as we're just underway in the first round and this won't get over till June Rowdy also today tell the folks what we got coming up in the nine o'clock hour yeah so we are going to talk some NFL draft since we're eight days away from the first round of the 2023 NFL draft <laughs> where your Green Bay Packers are currently 15th on the clock yep we got Thor Nystrom that guy's badass dude I love yeah, Thor. and Thor has been pretty good overall when it comes to uh, breaking down the NFL draft and a lot of the different prospects and uh, different uh, players and you know, maybe what teams Green Bay uh, might be interested in certain players. I mean, Thor is an NFL draft and college football analyst, so uh, not many more guys that are going to know the ins and outs of the college players coming out. Yeah, only knock against Thor is he's a he's a Vikings fan, and but he's a Hawkeyes. Hawkeyes. Fan. He is a Viking Gopher Hawkeyes fan. Yeah, and how you get to be one of those is you grow up in Minnesota. Thus, the Gophers and the Vikings. Mm -hmm. And then you go to, I believe it was, I think he went to Minnesota for his undergrad and yeah. then Iowa for his graduate. So he's got full-on hate Ugh. for the Wisconsin Badgers and Green Bay Packers. But it doesn't let us affect his, his draft uh, prowess. But yeah, could you imagine being a Vikings, Gophers, and a Hawkeyes fan? It's tough. That sounds like one of the inner rings of hell. Well, you think about it, that's like a in a good Good season. That's a typical nine and three team you're cheering for, and then brutal. a five hundred Viking team. That is that is tough. That is tough. It, it is pretty funny because um, so I've been following Thor on Twitter probably for three years now. Every single upcoming draft, right around when it it becomes the draft time, always always tweets out the anniversary of the Minnesota Vikings drafting Randy Moss. Oh, straight cash, homie. Randy, I mean, one of the greatest drafts of all time, Randy Moss. I mean, if you're a Vikings fan, Rowdy, what else do you really have to hang your hat on? At this point, you're going to have to go to Justin Jefferson. I guess, I'm like, yeah. Randy Moss, though, I would celebrate the hell out of him. All right, so we got a lot of goodies today. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was funny because it's like, man, I can't believe like the, the – I've never seen anyone – 
Well, I shouldn't say never seen anyone, but you don't really see like Packer fans always retweeting like, hey, we drafted Aaron Rodgers today. <laughs> no. Um, well, 14, 15, 16, 20 years ago. <laughs> we'll get into the uh, the draft. I don't think Packer fans really want to acknowledge uh, Aaron Rodgers right now. I think they're still a little angry uh, at number 12. Still, By the way, still new, no, no news on uh, Jets, Packers getting things done. Uh, Packers do have 10 draft picks coming up here in eight days next Thursday for the draft. You'd think they'd want a little more, and they could do so if this trade with Aaron Rodgers would, I don't know, get done. But, yeah, uh, we'll talk about that as well. Uh, all kinds of goodies today. I don't want to get technical, but technically Aaron Jones's money went down. Tr- true. He did talk about it, though, and said, uh, I had the video, he said, I've never had this amount of money in my <laughs> life. Um, he's like, he's like, I did, he's like, I took it. Uh, I'll, I'll find the video. He did talk about taking a pay cut, but he's like, I've never seen this amount of money in my life, so it's not really a pay cut to me. <laughs> but, yeah, you could go to Turkey. We've said this, uh, this This has come up another time now. You can go to Turkey and get a hair transplant. I'm not kidding. Um, it's expensive. But if you got that kind of uh, dough, then why not? Yeah, Aaron Jones. I'm sure you could also go to Mexico. Yeah. You I feel like you can go to Mexico and do a lot of procedures for, for cheap. You got to be careful. Someone tried to get their tummy tucked and ended up getting shot and killed. Uh, let's see here. Aaron Jones from 16 to 11 million in uh, 2023. Because uh, I, I wanted to be here. Uh, this is this is home for me. Uh, you know, those guys in the locker room, those are my brothers. The, the, the people upstairs, they believe in me. Um, they believe in me since I've gotten here. So uh, that's been huge for me. This is, like I said, this is home with best fans. And uh, it, it just made sense on, on deal wise. You know, the, the market uh, for the running backs was, it was a huge gap between 16 million and. Christian McCaffrey was at 12, uh, so I wouldn't say I wouldn't say pay cut because I never made 11 million in my career. So uh, this is still the most I've ever made, uh, and it still it still has me at the second highest paid for the back. So it matched up with the market, and you know I uh, didn't want to be greedy. And- so there you go. There's Aaron Jones, uh, and I quote: "I wouldn't say it's a pay cut. I've never made a mil- 11 million dollars in my career. So so the most I've ever had <laughs> from 16 to 11 mil." Brody, wouldn't that be nice to say for for us in our own careers? Yeah, it'd be interesting to say not um, the pay cut side of things, but the eleven million. You know, I'm thinking about taking a pay cut this year because I'm still making more than I've ever made. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, pa- Packers voluntary workouts continuing on. By the way, I have a feeling we're never going to have those type of conversations. No, I don't think so either. Not many, not many people do. Is the thing though, you know? So we're not alone. They I just like I like how at the end, right where it cuts off, he goes, "I didn't want to be greedy." <laughs> hey, be less greedy and uh, give throw Rowdy and I a, a, a million each. How about that, Aaron Jones? We love you. Gone in sixty coming up. Let's go up in the national headlines. Is Brian Urlacher, did he have a hair transplant? Like, did he? What did he have? I I'm gonna look into that. Did he have? Did he always have hair, but he just kept it shaved? I have no idea. I don't think so. I've never ever seen him other than basically him being bald, and then all of a sudden He's him being hair. on billboards with hair. His hair. To investigate that. There was, go, there, was no, there, there was no middle shot of like hair growing. Did he go it to Turkey? Carpet on head yeah. and completely bald. Elon Musk was bald. He has hair. Um, there's other people like speaking of the NFL draft, it is uh, eight days away next Thursday. 
is when the draft gets underway. The Packers have 10 picks. Rowdy, 10 picks could be more if they get this deal done with the New York Jets. Packers, one more to quote David Stearns, bites at the apple for the draft. A funny video, though, from uh, back in the day. I know you like talking about this, too. If you feel so inclined. No one is perfect. Do you remember this clip right here? The post-Brett Favre era in Green Bay just got a little bit more interesting as Brian Brown from Louisville headed to the Packers. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, the guy, the heir apparent, one would think. But now you have Brown. Rodgers, both of the opportunity long-term to be the Packers quarterback? Well, actually, I do like Braum better than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is right now in his career. Let's look at the positives with Braum. You know, as, uh, as Reese just mentioned, he's played in two pro-style systems. That's a plus when you come to the NFL. Wait, I, I like him. I, I honestly think Brian Braum, two years from now, could be the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. It would not shock me at all. And I, I still think Aaron Rodgers has a chance as well, but I think Brian Brom's <laughs> upside is greater than that. Oh, I love it. The NFL draft and all the uh, these expert analysts and their awesome takes sometimes. It is very funny to see how those now, uh, career arcs turned out for those guys. That was Merrill Hodge and, and Todd McShay, correct? C- correct. Now, you can go back and that, that's a bad miss from Merrill Hodge because Merrill Hodge was kind of leading the charge on that one that Brian Brom is the next guy in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. He loves him way more than Aaron Rodgers. But you can also go back and find some really good hits from Merrill Hodge. Where, oh, yeah, totally. Where he just nailed it, where everyone else was, oh, Johnny Manziel's going to be a superstar. And he's like, this guy's going to suck. <laughs> and then he turned out to suck. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's you can do that on pretty much everybody. But there are some guys that are better than others. I'll say that. Yeah. So, uh, again, listen, even GMs, the guys that get paid to do it uh, for real for the team, they're not perfect either. Uh, that goes with the Green Bay Packers, though. Rowdy, in your uh, digging, you've been digging into the uh, NFL draft upcoming here. You started on the defensive side of the ball? Offensive, offensive side, side of, the of the ball. I have half of it done. Going to continue to get after it today what on do you the think defense. The Packers take a tight end with their first pick? I have no idea what the Packers are going to do. Well, obviously. But I know one thing. They have a lot of things that they can do. <laughs> like, like I wouldn't be surprised if the Green Bay Packers select an offensive tackle and a guy that they want to replace David Bakhtiari with in a year. Like, I wouldn't be surprised by that pick. That would probably be their MO. That's their move, an unsexy pick. <laughs> yeah, it would be an round. unsexy, hey, we just took, you know, just for example, an offensive tackle out of Ohio State. And we think he's going to be David Bakhtiari's replacement after next season because we're most likely going to trade or cut him after this year. <laughs> and and no one would cheer. No, people but would be pissed. That guy could end up being a guy with a huge ceiling where he becomes a top ten left tackle in football. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and but no one would love the pick. Because we would want a tight end. We would want a wide receiver. We would want the sexy pick that's going to help come in and help the team right away. Like, it's never fun wasting a a big-time pick on a guy that you know isn't going to come in and really contribute until year two or three. Exactly. The Packers, when's the last time they made a sexy pick? If there was ever going to be a year where maybe the Packers would, would potentially do that, it would be this year if they don't think that they're really a true Super Bowl contender and probably a fringe playoff team if Jordan Love plays well. Yeah. But, yes, I I could see them going offensive line. I could see them going tight end. I could see them going receiver. I think 
they could go safety. And isn't this as bad safety class? Uh, it isn't a good. It isn't a good one. Yeah. When you look at this uh, draft class, the one position that it is really, really deep outside of uh, a lot of the other drafts are tight ends. Mm-hmm. Like I believe there was was there nine? It was either nine or eleven tight ends in this class were guys that they believe could be top one hundred and twenty picks, which is essentially uh, your first four rounds. Mm-hmm which is way higher than usual. So thankfully for the Packers, a team that need a tight end, hell, maybe even two. So it's a deep tight end class. The Packers obviously need some skill positions to help out Jordan Love because, I mean, you got some unproven guys at the wide receiver position. You don't really have a tight end. And you know you know what you got in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So you need some skill positions. But what have we known about Aaron Rodgers in the end of his career or just – the majority of his career, you need to get him some weapons. The Packers never once got him a weapon in the first round of the draft. If you're looking to infuse talent onto this Green Bay Packers roster, and obviously Brian Gutekunst is, you hear, oh, the Packers have 10 draft picks. You think like, hey, you can do a lot with those 10, right? Mm -hmm. But we've also know and talked about how your top 100 roughly are your impact players. Those are the guys that can come in and normally play right away that can come in and normally help the team. You're not really depending on a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounder to come in and and be like a legit player that is turning heads and being great. That's why when you find a Romeo Dobbs, it's a hell of a pick. Mm -hmm. Well, here are the green Bay Packers draft picks this year. They have the 15th pick in the first round. They have the 45th pick in the second round. Uh, the 78th overall pick, which is a third-round pick, but then they have a fourth, two-fifths, and four-sevenths. So when you really start to think about, hey, we have 10 picks as Green Bay Packers, yeah, well, six of them are fifth to seventh round. <laughs> so so your real impact picks are strictly your one through three. Yeah. And then potentially, since it is an earlier pick in the fourth round because the Packers didn't make the playoffs, didn't have a good season, yeah, that that fourth rounder could have been a guy that maybe should have been a third-round pick that fell out or something like that. But, yeah, it's basically your top three picks. So trading for two seconds would give you two more bites at the apple. <laughs> I hate that saying, but I love that saying. So uh, I was reading an interesting article about 2008. Favre goes away. Uh, Packers entered the draft with the 30th pick. Ted Thompson, what does he do? He doesn't like the value. Uh, he doesn't like the value on the board. Trade back. And he traded, yep, and he traded back. So Thompson did not love the value on the board and opted to move back six picks in a trade with the Jets of all teams, adding a fourth rounder in the process. That pick, number 36, just so happened to turn into Jordy Nelson. Turned out to be pretty good. He did. Now, we've also seen... Ted Thompson trade back and it didn't turn out well. Like, uh, I don't know, passing on a TJ Watt. (laughs) (laughs) You said TJ Watt. I was going to say Kevin King Uh, and Vince Beagle. Beagle, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Could Gutekunst do the same thing of this first round pick in this year's draft? 15 is a lot higher than 30 though. But it's about accumulating draft capital to spend in the top 100. And like you said, a lot of those are in the seventh round. You know, it's going to be interesting because the wide receiver class, like there's no doubt that if I'm Green Bay, 
I'm interested in like the top four-ish receivers, top four or five receivers. Mm-hmm. But in theory, they could all be gone. You know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of the same thing with uh, the... Now, this receiver draft class isn't like 2020, 2021, or 2022. Because those three seasons, there were ungodly amounts of talent at the wide receiver position. Where I believe it was 2020... Was it 2020 or 2021? There was like 39 wide receivers that got draftable grades. That's ridiculous. And it was like 8 to 10 of them, they, we think they could be studs. Now, this isn't like that, but the top four or five receivers are pretty good. There might be a few other pieces, but then it drops off, in my opinion, quickly. So would they be, I guess, would they entertain trading up if they really fell in love with one of those top four guys that all could go in the top 15 before the Packers get there? Are they interested enough in those top four guys that, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I just, the pack, the Packers have so many holes, but not it. The Packers are in a very weird spot mm-hmm. where it's like they have good players at positions, but yet they have a lot of holes at positions. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, David Bakhtiari, when he plays, is really good. We could use a left tackle. Hey, you know what? The safety position in secondary used to be good, but Eric Stokes is a huge question mark. We might be moving on from Rasul Douglas. We're probably moving on from Savage in a season. We need a lot of help in the secondary, but on paper, it's not a terrible secondary. Yeah. The defensive line, it's young and inexperienced, but I could easily hear somebody arguing, well, we need a big run stopper to go with Kenny Clark. Mm-hmm. It's They're in a weird spot because the roster could have a lot of overturn, or yeah. turnover in the next two years. And speaking of weird spots, now I brought up the Jordy Nelson where Ted Thompson traded back. And you could see you know, people wondering, well, Brian Gutekunst do that. You know who they drafted with the second pick in the second round? Brian Brom. So... So they need a backup quarterback to the Packers. I, we talk about Ted Thompson and him trading back, and you instantly think of the Kevin King, Vince Spiegel, TJ Watt situation. But I would argue that just off the top of my head, we always wanted Ted Thompson to trade up. When he did trade up, he was bad. But when he traded back. But when he traded back. He actually did quite well for the most part. outside of a couple of picks. Yeah, and no GM's going to hit 100%. Because I just remember they finally traded up and they were taking an offensive lineman. You're like, oh, hell yeah, Jason Spriggs. And <laughs> Jason Spriggs was awful. Yeah, so think about this. Uh, with Jordan Love coming into the fray, just like when Aaron Rodgers did, who does Ted Thompson get? Jordy Nelson. Jermichael Finley's on there as well. You have a Josh Sitton. And don't forget about Matt Flynn in the seventh round. Our Milwaukee Brewers going for the sweep today of the Seattle Mariners. Does this team have it, Rowdy? Is this does this team have the it factor this year? I mean, Christian. What if Christian Yelich plays at that borderline All Star level? He was killer last night. If Yelly plays at the borderline All Star level, are, are you telling me Yelly's back? I don't know. Last night was pretty nice. You know what might be more nauseating than the Aaron Rodgers trade sweepstakes? The Christian Yelich is back. I mean, did a good game last night. He got three hits last night. Yeah, but he does this like once every 10 days. Hey, 
then he's back every 10 days, man. I wasn't talking about the Christian Yelich back topic. I was like, does this, <laughs> does this team have the it factor? If, you know, Yelly's pulling his weight a little bit, uh, you got Willie Adams coming around, uh, Contreras, Rowdy, is uh, the best framer of uh, the plate, and he brings an offense to stick with them. You have these now, young guys coming that's up. That's a conversation I can get, get behind, not the uh, is Yelich back, because somehow <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers continue to find ways to win games. And so far this season, it's not like – because remember how the Rays won 13 in a row and people are like, oh, well, you played the Royals and you played because they were playing lesser teams in Major League Baseball that weren't seen as true contenders. But you're looking at the Milwaukee Brewers and you look at the schedule that Mets. they've played. They've played the yeah. Cubs, who were supposed to be a team that if they play decent could be around 500. You beat the Mets. The Mets were supposed to be one of the favorites this year. You beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals were the favorite to win the NL Central. And then you went out on this West Coast road trip. Arizona's kind of supposed to be a team uh, very similar to the Cubs. And then it's San Diego, who's a playoff team. And Seattle, that was a playoff team. And you're winning almost all of these series. (laughs) They've only lost one series. Uh, And that was was the Diamondbacks. And you know what? Even though they lost that series... They won a game. They found a way not to get swept. As long as you don't get swept in three-game series, it's not a huge issue. The Brewers have something special cooking here. But. As long as injuries. But the, keep well, the injuries keep mounting. Garrett Mitchell last night, yeah. injury. If they keep having injuries like this, it's going to hit them at some point. Hey, yeah. Sal Freelick will be able to come up. Well, they're, getting no. all, they're, getting the injuries, they're getting the injuries out of the way early. Out of the way There's early. There's no way you, you see Sal Freelick. Out of the way early. <laughs> I already was. I was up while you guys were probably sleeping. Looking oh, yeah. at I went the, to bed uh, at ten o'clock. It was great. Looking at the potential. <laughs> what the f are the Brewers going to do now if Garrett Mitchell goes on the IL? Because they're not going to want to bring Sal. You're Freelich correct. Up. I was sleeping. Sal Freelich, They're probably going to want to sit him for another three weeks before they want to be able to really pull him up because of this MLB service time bootstraps. Uh, You look at what they could do with some of the players that they have available. Well, look no further than a guy that we mentioned yesterday. Obviously that's Keston Hira, a guy that's won back to back player of the weeks in triple a, a guy that's hit six home runs and is absolutely just scalding the baseball down in triple a so hot right now. But if you look at the fact that, Bryce Mitchell plays, or sorry, Garrett Mitchell plays center field. It's like, what are you going to do? Technically, you could move Bryce Terang to center field. He played some center field in Nashville. You could move Joey Weimer to center field. But it's like, how do do they believe in Mike Brasso and Brian Anderson being able to play corner outfield every day? Because if they if they do, they could bring up a like an Abraham Toro who's currently in AAA, a guy that's more of a utility guy in the infield. If they don't believe in those type of guys playing the outfield every day, you're probably going to see an outfielder. And at this moment, the only outfielder on their 40-man would be Bryce Perkins, a guy that has never played Major League Baseball. More of a Denny's guy. Yeah, I was going to say, if it was a Bryce IHOP. Let's just say I would be all the way, (laughs) just like Tiger, I'd be all the way in at Denny's because Perkins ain't the answer. If it was Bryce Waffle House, Rowdy would be like, this guy needs to be playing right now. But Bryce Golden Corral? This guy is not Major League Baseball caliber, especially not right now. So then the only other option you would have would potentially be Keston Hira, who, by the way, in Nashville has been playing left field, where I said like for two years is where he should be playing. But I digress on that fact. (laughs) 
Keston, here, if you bring him up, you have to make a roster move on your 40-man. And if you ever send him back down when Tyrone Taylor or, or Garrett Mitchell or any of these guys get healthy, you would have to DFA him again. And with how hot he's swinging the bat, you'd probably imagine he gets claimed off of waivers this time. Bucks tonight, Giannis, doubtful. Uh, we had our guy Eric on 90 calling and said, if the Bucks can't win without Giannis tonight, then they just don't deserve to be in there at all. Just get it over with. I don't know about that. Uh, they're an eight seed, the Heat. The Bucks are the one seed. They are deep. They have talent. Drew Holiday, amazing. Chris Middleton back. You know, we got Brooke Lopez, who should have been, you know, defensive player of the, the league. Got Bobby Portis off the bench. Rowdy, th- this will be a series. They, just, they won't be swept by the Heat without Giannis. This is a series without Giannis. With Giannis, Bucks win. Without Giannis, it's a series. Yeah, and it, the only thing that hurts is that Giannis goes down in game one and the Bucks lose game one. Like, yeah. if, if Giannis would have gotten hurt, but the Bucks ended up figuring out a way to win, don't you feel like um, people's opinions and their feelings towards the rest of the series would be a lot different? Yes. Being so. up one to nothing without Giannis feels a lot different than being down one to nothing without Giannis, and then you start getting panicked. You go, "Oh my goodness, what if we lose game two? Yeah, totally. And don't forget the Heat are without Tyler Hero. He is done for the series. He's he's done. Like he just had surgery in his hand. He's done. So he won't be back till next year. Don't have to worry about Tyler Hero. Who uh, you know, it is a blow for the Heat. We'll see what happens with Giannis and uh, that contusion. You got faith in Chris Middleton, Rowdy? <laughs> this is how, this has always been a point of contention for Rowdy. Uh, do I believe do in you Chris Middleton? Believe in Chris Middleton. Sometimes referred to on these airways of Chris Mistleton, not like a a missile, but like a miss. Miss Olten. Do I believe in Chris Middleton being a reason why the Bucks would win a NBA championship? Yes. No. Drew now, Holiday. Now that being now that being said, thankfully he has guys like Drew Holiday. He has guys like <laughs> Lopez. He has guys like uh, you know some of the role players like Bobby Portis. You know I'm not a Middleton guy. That's why I ask. That's why I ask. Middleton will not. I mean, I think he's a nice player. He's a good player. He's just not a great player. <laughs> Chris. And Miss he's also Olten. coming off of a season in which he was banged up for most of it. Yeah, so he should be well-rested then. <laughs> if there was ever a time where I didn't have a ton of faith in Chris Middleton, it would be now. He's not even healthy. <laughs> Chris Miss Olton. Cash money, baby. Um, let's see here. Drew Holiday, we've seen him be up and down with his shot. Uh, he is like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde with his shot. Yeah, but there's one thing that this is actually really weird. The one thing you know that you're going to get from Holiday every single night, he's going to play great defense even if the shot is or isn't there. Yeah, I feel like Chris Middleton has officially become an NBA pro. And what I mean by that is, remember when he was kind of the guy as, is he a number two? Is he a three? Is he a two? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden LeBron James was trying to like chat up Chris Middleton and convince him to come out to LA or something like that. Remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then it was all of a sudden it's like Chris Middleton is a two. LeBron wanted him in LA. And then it was like, nobody questioned it anymore. He's definitely a two because LeBron, because LeBron. Yeah. Well, LeBron I feel like around that same time, Chris Middleton also adopted the, I play defense when I want to. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm a pro now. LeBron said I'm a two. I can play defense. He's in the club whenever I want to. He's in the club within the club. It only it might be only sometimes, but it's when I want. <laughs> like Holiday plays defense every single day, and he he's a dog out there. I feel like Middleton okay. used to he used to be a good defender, and now it's just kind of like until eh, LeBron knighted when him. I try. Has LeBron ever said anything about wanting Drew Holiday? I don't think so. Maybe that's why Drew Holiday still plays defense every night. Maybe that's why Drew Holiday's a real guy. He, <laughs> he's a real one. He's one of the real. He's a real one. Line two, good morning. Yellow. Kerry from the north side. The king of the north. Woo. What's up, Terry? Nothing I'd ask you this morning. First of all, good morning and um, happy Wednesday. Yeah, happy hump day, Terry. Good morning. Hump happy hump day. Nelson got to ask you about Hollywood Rogers. I know you don't want to talk about it, but I do got to ask you. This is the thing Nelson hates the and more and more, most. And the draft is next week. Is that is that correct, guys? Next Thursday. Not this Thursday, but next Thursday. We are eight days away, Terry. So let's say we get into next Saturday. Because some people are claiming that, you know, that the trade between New York and uh, Green Bay could happen. If they're going to get second-round picks anyway. Could happen sometime on Saturday. But if it does not. Is there any possibility, and when I say any, I suppose there's always a 2% chance, that Hollywood comes back to Green Bay, and would Green Bay sit him on the bench? Hollywood. I mean, let's take a look. Let's, let's, let's wipe that crystal ball off, Nelson. Yeah, Nelly. Could that be a possibility? Come on, Nels. After the riff that appears to be between him and the front office, I can't imagine that they have him back, that they bring him back. Like, I believe he will be traded. And in my mind, I'm going to say that it's probably before the opportunity of him being able to come back for training camp. I feel like that would be the latest. I could not, I could not see them putting this past that training camp date because you know that if he really wants to stick it to you, he could show up to training camp and cause a huge circus and a bunch of problems. And clearly Mark Murphy and the front office really doesn't really want him there. And I don't think he wants to be there anymore. So let's say you say this it did happen. Would Rogers sit out or would he actually come to green Bay and sit in the lumber? I think he'd show up to green Bay. At That'd least if awesome. it was me in that position and I had a riff with the other party involved, my ass would be showing up just to piss them off. Make them squirm. Tear. And what if love would suck? Would he look back to number 12 and say, come on in the game? Terry, I don't know what, but I hope I hope that scenario unfolds so we can see what if, happens. If we ever got to the point where Aaron Rodgers was somehow still on this roster and they were paying him a, gee, an enormous amount of money to sit on the bench and they have not traded him yet and we're actually playing real NFL games and Jordan Love, say it's week three and he's absolutely sucked the first three weeks. Could you imagine if Matt LaFleur looks at Aaron Rodgers who's sitting on the bench and goes, hey, you're going in. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'll say, hey, go ask Danny Etling to go in. What do you say? My back hurts? <laughs> he or can say whatever he wants. Would you really go in the game after they shut you down and tried to trade you? I love these possibilities happening. I know. I hope it happens, Terry. I want to see it happen. Some men want to watch the world burn, and I'm one of them. I want to see it happen. I'd say I was I good on the bench. See, you didn't want me out there I to begin love, with. I'm good here. You turn around and say, Hollywood, you're in the game. Hollywood said it can't oh, my door. Hollywood. Hey, one more thing for you guys. First of all, Evo, yeah, you're first. I gave it to you. Hell yeah, off. Terry. Hey, your Cubs in second. Hey, Cody Ballinger. Woo-hoo! Is he back? 
<laughs> you know what's hilarious, Terry? Who's more back, Yelich or Bellinger? Who's more back? Bellinger has a good week, and all of a sudden, all the is Bellinger back people are coming out of the woodwork, and it's the same thing with Yelich after he has a good game. Terry, is, is Bellinger back as a Cubs fan? Is Bellinger back? Because Yelly's back. Yelich went back for one game. Bellinger was back for all week. Uh, he's been back for a few games this year. Has he? Um, just a few games, yeah. Like yeah, but handful. he spreads them out. <laughs> he spreads them out. <laughs> I don't. I just like the way Bellinger swinging the bat. I do. I. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be an MVP like he was in 18, but um, I think he's playing for a contract, and I think you're going to see him have some decent numbers. And I will say this, Nelson. I do yes. not think the Cubs will be sellers at the deadline. Do I do think some of these veterans they sign as the young kids are slowly coming up will probably be released in the next month or so. Yeah. Terry? You know, so guys, in my front yard, fly the W. Fly it. Fly the back. Fly it. Fly it proud, we Terry. Terry, we love you, buddy. Back. We love you, Terry. 500 is definitely a possibility, Evo. I do think we have a chance of making the last wild card. Smooches, Terry. You guys definitely yes, to win the division. But once you get to the playoffs, you know, I'm sorry, Evo, but turn out the last. <laughs> Terry, we don't apologize around here. We love you, Terry. Love you. Go, See you guys. Buddy. Go, Cubs. See you, bye. The rotations. Oh, I don't know. I'm looking at the, uh, the contracts here for the Cubs and just how they're – their payroll with their future contract shakeout, I, I kind of would agree with Terry. Actually, I don't think there would be a, a ton of sell-off here <laughs> for the Cubs. It would probably be a couple of relief pitchers and maybe you a veteran. They, so you're telling me they have nothing to sell? You think Terry's saying that I'm though saying because that they the have Cubs nothing that they would really want to sell? Was yeah. Terry saying it that way, or was saying it because the Cubs are going to be good at the time? I'm saying it as in a contract. No, Terry, like, he's saying it as Terry's saying it's going to be good. I'm saying it as I know in, what you're saying. I'm saying <laughs> Terry. They have a couple of decent relief pitchers that are on their last year of a deal. They have like one solid yeah. veteran bat that's on the last year of his deal that I could see him shipping. But other than that, it's a roster that they're building with. All right, now when I was a kid, I had this problem. I couldn't wait for Christmas to unwrap my gifts. I would take out a little pocket knife when my parents weren't home. I'd kind of just cut the tape a little bit rowdy, then I'd carefully unfold the gift, then I'd peek in to see what it was. Man, you tried too hard. If I was just going to do that, I was just going to do that. We're just ripping and tearing. Ooh, I see, I covered my tracks, I just and then I'd carefully tape it over again to make sure no one knew that I peeked. I feel like that's what we're doing today. The draft is eight days away. I feel like I'm running under the Christmas tree when my parents aren't home, and I'm peeking into gifts. With our guy, Thor Nystrom, the draft savant that he is. Thor, you are my pocket knife and my little scheme to go look into Christmas gifts here as the draft eight days away. How are we feeling, dude? Oh, man, I'm so excited. Best time of the year. Uh, we're, yeah, only eight days away. So, yeah, can't wait for it. And, and I mean, I wish I could break in and see the first round, you know, with the, the results already with the pocket knife as well. <laughs> I mean, you got your stuff, Thor. Even you got your own website. I highly suggest everyone go check out Thor Nystrom, Thor, like, you know, the god of thunder, nystrom.com. Uh, let's see, NFL draft and college football analyst, fantasy pros, betting pros, score north for the Vikings. You got it all rocking, dude. How is the mock draft looking for you now? I see uh, April 10th you posted it out. Are, are we settled on it for your two-round predictions? How's no. it looking? No? Uh-uh. No, it's, it's just so fluid. So, I mean, I'm going to have another one coming out here soon, but, uh, you know, some of the different stuff that I did in there, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with, but 
Yeah, based on new intel you get every single day from the draft, you have to start switching the slots around. And you switch one slot around, it's like that movie, The Butterfly Effect. Everything <laughs> changes after that. So, yeah, you just shake up shake up the names in a hat. I love it, dude. All right, so just don't end up like Ashton Kutcher at the end, okay? Yeah, so when you see, like, the Vegas odds come out where it's like, oh, all of a sudden Bryce Young looks like he's going to be the, the big number one quarterback take and all the odds have totally shifted, do you just sit there and go, God dang it, I just finished a mock and I had him dropping? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, for sure. Like when, you know, when you get the different information, then you just have to, to swap it or whatever. You know, I, I think initially when, when Carolina went up and get that, got that pick, I, I, they were going to look into all, all the different quarterbacks. They knew they were, they were going to take a quarterback. They wanted to lead the dance of that. And I think that they've settled on the correct guy. Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this class. I think a lot of the initial uh, sort of speculation that they were going to go with CJ Stroud. I think that had more to do with people looking into the, the height uh, history that Frank Reich had with the quarterbacks that he started. And it was mostly based on that, but ju- you know, just sort of objectively looking at each one of them and their film packages and their careers and everything like that and projecting out there, you know, going forward, how you can project them in the NFL. Bryce Young is the guy. Uh, follow Thor on Twitter, Thor KU. It's a phenomenal follow. Great information, great comedy as well. Thor, when it, and, and great beard. Thor, when it comes to the Packers, I'm not going to ask you about Aaron Rodgers and that quarterback. Uh, before we get into the Packers' first pick, do you think the Packers take a quarterback to have uh, a backup to Jordan Love? Because I don't think Danny Etling is the guy. Danny Elling's definitely not the guy, but the Packers, no, they, they're not going to take a quarterback. You got to, you know, assuming that Aaron Rodgers finally gets out of town, we'll, we'll see about that. But like, you want to give Jordan Love the chance to sink or swim with that. So they're, they're going to be rolling it with him. So what did the Packers do in your, yes, Freddie? Well, I was just going to say, Thor, are the Packers in a weird spot where it's like, hey, they got a lot of decent veteran players, but they also got a lot of decent veteran players that might not be here in a year or two. And you could really look to fill a ton of different positions, especially with the first overall pick. I I think so. Yeah. I mean, they're obviously in a transition period right now and you don't really know how the the product on the field next year is going to look. If, if it happens to be disastrous, well, that's okay, because the year after that, Caleb Williams and Drake May are coming into the draft. One year from now, we're going to be talking about them. So worst-case scenario, there's a silver lining on the back end of that, you know, if the Packers were bad enough to get into the top five or whatever. But if on the other end of it, if Jordan Love's good, he surprises, then you also know his game in the pocket, and you can figure out the, the correct sort of skill guys to put around him. Obviously, the, the Packers, every single year, we always mock them wide receivers in the first round, and they, they never take them. If you yep. mock that in the first round, the last decade, you would have been wrong. <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see if, you know, they, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, he could create, you know, going back a couple of years ago, he could create with any of the receivers that you put around him, sort of like Tom Brady could. They did different types of players, but the, the way that he could elevate the, those kind of receivers. But will the Packers see uh, Jordan Love as a guy where he needs the supporting cast around him? You get a guy across from Christian Watson, could do some damage. Quentin Johnson is a guy I think would fit really well next to, to Christian Watson. They, they have a, some similarities in their game, and, and they would terrify defenses deep. I don't think you're going to lead the dance with him, but if he starts to fall a little bit and the Packers can, you know, they, they can get up into the, the top of the second, he, there is a shot that Quentin Johnson falls out of the first round just because he didn't get a, an invite to the NFL draft. So, Thor, with Green Bay's 15th pick, now it's been over 20 years, as you've just noted, that the Packers have taken a skill position, a sexy pick, if you will, with that first pick. What, in uh, your beautiful mind, do the Packers do with that 15th pick? 
Well, you, so I, I see it the exact same way that you do, where there's several different directions that they could go. I believe I gave them Nolan Smith yeah. in, in my last uh, mock draft, the edge rusher from Georgia. Nolan Smith is very, very crafty, and he is insanely athletic. He was the number one overall player in his recruiting class. Georgia signed him instead of Will Anderson. Think about that. Will Anderson grew up in Georgia, wanted to be a bulldog. Kirby Smart did not offer him because he had the commitment of Nolan Smith. Uh, The thing about Nolan Smith, though, on the other side of it, coming off of an injury, so your medical team needs to be cool with that, although – it, they should be because he just dominated the pre, pre-draft testing coming coming back off of that, and he's a little bit undersized, but he can wreak a lot of havoc. I compare him to Hassan Reddick, very similar uh, athletes in very similar packages, and you can do different stuff with, with both those guys. Thor, and then if if that is the Green Bay Packers selection at 15, I feel like a lot of fans are going to be upset like most drafts because it's not a wide receiver or a tight end i i looked at it and i'm i'm starting to get a feeling that they're going to take like a left tackle and we're going to be even more sad (laughs) yeah i mean that that's certainly a possibility too you know i think you will put tackle maybe top five of their their needs i wouldn't put it at the top but that's certainly in play because you know for instance a guy like darnell Wright from tennessee who is basically, you know, it, it appears as though he's skyrocketing just during the draft process. That's actually not really true, though. It's, it's all of his stuff since September. Darnell Wright was a five-star recruit going into Tennessee. In his first three years, he wasn't very good because they rushed him onto the field, and then he had to learn stuff and, and get better and better and better. Last year, he breaks up. He was fabulous last year on the field, it, both as a, in run blocking, which makes sense because he's a colossus guy in terms of his play power, but he was way better in pass pro than he had ever been before. He gave Will Anderson about as much trouble as anybody did in college. With him coming off the edge, you, you would not have assumed that in advance. Then Darnell Wright goes into the pre-draft process. There was people that thought he was lead-footed and not athletic. He dominated the test and, and put that stuff to bed. So he, he has risen to the point where coming into this process, he was being viewed as a day-two guy just pending those athletic tests. He's absolutely a first-round guy now. And, and I think that you know my, my mock draft, even a week and a half ago, I had him more towards the end of the first round. That, that's not correct. He is going to go, you know, in the, in my opinion, he's going to go in the teens, but he keeps rising and he has some fans around the league. So, so we'll see where, where he ends up going. But if a guy like that was there for the Packers, I, I certainly think they could consider that wide receiver and tight end. You know, you mentioned those safety interior defensive line. Like there's a whole bunch of different directions they could go. So the Packers for me are one of the harder teams in the first round to actually slot them a player. Thor, in the second round of your mock draft, uh, go check it out, fantasypros.com, or just check him out on Twitter, Thor KU. Thor, you have uh, pick number 45, second round, Luke Musgrave, uh, tied in on Oregon State for uh, the Packers. What's uh, what's the skinny on this cat? Yeah, he he's a guy that the NFL really likes. Uh, Musgrave had sort of a, a snake-bitten career in terms of last year was going to be his break all year. First two games, he was great. Oregon State upset the team they were playing both times. I think it was Boise State and Fresno State. But then Musgrave suffers a season-ending injury. The thing that he's really good at is something that you can't teach other guys. It's getting down the seam and making plays down the field. Like in, in college, just because of the limited opportunities, it's a smaller sample. But he was fabulous in terms of the, the air yards of a 20-plus yard pass, reeling those in. Uh, stuff like that. He's a kid who has a, a very eclectic background in terms of sports. Like he was a skier. He was a lacrosse player. Mm. He did all, all this random stuff, but his body control is really good. 
in that big package, and he is a fabulous athlete in that big package. He also has the NFL bloodlines. His his uncle is Bill, the the former quarterback in the NFL. So the the NFL really likes him, but he's going to fall down just a little bit. He's going to get taken in the second round at some point just because he has that limited sample size from college. But prove the concept of his athleticism at the Combine. He also had a pretty solid senior ball. He's a guy that if a team is looking just for that receiving guy at tight end, because Musgrave ain't going to block much for you, you're going to look at him and a guy that can threaten the defense deep in that enormous package. The Packers, when they're looking at a tight end, I think they're going to want a guy that can catch the ball. They're not going to want just the blocker. I'm not sure that they would be a fit for Darnell Washington because they need more weapons. You mentioned both wide receiver and tight end, but you can knock out two birds with one stone by taking the tight end. That's a good receiver. Musgrave projects to be that. And now when you're talking about tight ends, this is this is a deeper tight end draft this year than than the usual year is. I think I saw, was it 9 or 11 uh, tight ends somewhere in there were receiving some pretty good grades where you just don't see that every year. But going back to Musgrove, I felt like when I was going through kind of the top profiles for the, the top three uh, tight ends, Musgrove kind of felt like the home run that if he stays healthy, he could kind of be a guy that develops into a better blocker than he is, but he's also that athletic receiver where Kincaid feels like more of just a receiver and uh, Mayers feels more like a slower prodding blocker. Yeah, I mean, at least, you know, we see Musgrave play on the inline. He, he, it's not that he shirks the responsibility, and he certainly has the footwork and the athleticism with that as, as well as the length. You know, like, but what he tried to do in college, he could wall people off with the length, you know, by doing that, just by getting after it, whatever. I do question his play strength a bit. So, like, that's when where you're thinking of going to the NFL, if he's going to play on the inline against the war daddy guys. I'm wondering how that's going to work, you know, with, with the power on power in terms of that. But, yeah, I mean, like, in, in terms of that receiving upside, it's hard to quibble with it, both because, you know, I mean, in terms of the size adjusted athleticism, he's, you know, 95th, 96th percentile, whatever, coming into the NFL. And, again, the one thing that shined through whenever he was on the field or when we seen him down at the Senior Bowl in Mobile was that ability to go down the field uh, pluck the ball out of the air and also he has very good body control which i think might go back to those other sports he was playing like the lacrosse and the and the skiing different stuff like that he, he's really good at getting his feet in down the sidelines he's really good at pinning the the defender to his back and, and that's why you get more of those long uh receptions out of him but yeah i mean some of this is projection with him because he has less snaps than most of these guys in this class thor before i let you go uh beautiful amazing stuff as always we'd love to talk to you after the draft too once it concludes i have i have two questions for you it's not to draft well one of them is kind of draft related uh number one what did you do yesterday for the 25th anniversary of the vikings getting straight cash homie randy moss I went to Chipotle to celebrate. It's, <laughs> that's how I usually celebrate special occasions. So we got some Chipotle to celebrate the 25th anniversary of arguably the best day in Minnesota Vikings franchise history. And after the Chipotle, did you do a little Randy Moss where you had to moon someone and wipe your ass afterwards? A, a thousand percent. And then, <laughs> and then Joe Buck came on and was like, that is disgusting. <laughs> and finally, Thor, uh, last question. Uh, no Brett Favre, no Aaron Rodgers. Uh, as a Vikings fan that you are, how does it feel not to have the boogeyman in your division now? 
Oh, it, it, it feels great. It, it absolutely feels great. Um, we'll see with Jordan Love that the Packers have a tendency to run into elite quarterback play. So, so we'll end up seeing with Jordan Love. We haven't seen him in a couple of years, but we'll have to see how that goes. But yeah, I'm, I'm not going to miss having to see Aaron Rodgers twice per year. Thor, you're the man. We, much love, brother. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to uh, uh, get us this awesome draft coverage. We love you, man. Have a good one. Hey, appreciate you guys. And happy to come on after the draft love and talk it. about it. Love it. There he is, Thor Nystrom. Follow him on Twitter, Thor KU. 